0: Guys all over the place here because I just decided I wanted to preach and let's get on with it. Amen. Philippians chapter number three this morning. Philippians chapter number three. If you'd be turning there with me, I, I would appreciate that. And and we're going to head on. Head on. Children's Church, you may be dismissed. And there we go. We're going to head on to the message and skip a lot of stuff there. But this morning I want to preach simply on this, how to move forward. How How many of you get real honest with me here this morning? Because I know a lot of the answers. How many of you are stuck on something that happened in the past that you just can't let go? Maybe you thought you let it go, but you know what happens when we thought we've let it go? Many times it stirs right back up, doesn't it? Comes back, takes over your mind and your thoughts, and, and uh, I want to encourage you this morning. I want to give you some help this morning. Philippians chapter number 3. Flip there, but also flip over, uh, hold your spot in Philippians 3, but flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. that will save you a little time a little later. But Philippians chapter three, Second Timothy chapter four. I was reading about a, an Englishman. He went to visit a friend in Africa, and he got there to Africa. This African, he, he was a he was an avid hunter. In fact, uh, he decided he said he said, "Why don't you go out with me tomorrow? Let's go lion hunting." How many of you want to go lion hunting? <laughs> And uh, that gets you in trouble sometimes, but, but he had all the licenses, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how the story goes. But anyway, he, he, they decided they were going to go lion hunting the next day. So so what they did is they went way out in the forest and way out in the woods, and, and they're way out there, and they pitched a tent, and they slept in that tent that night. And that, that poor Englishman, I mean, he was scared to death all night. Didn't sleep a wink uh, just thinking about and, and, and worrying about the, the next day. And so they got up bright and early, and here they go into the woods and it didn't take long just a few minutes and, and the African said look right there, look at those paw prints that is a huge adult lion oh wow, let's go get him and he went to follow those paw prints and that Englishman, I mean he's starting to really, really get nervous and, and uh, the African's all fired up but the other one he, he, the Englishman's kind of scared to death and he says this, he says I'll tell you what you go ahead and see where he went and I'm going to go back and see where he came from <laughs> Too many times I'm telling you, we live our lives like that. We refuse to go forward. Many people, again, live like that. They, they live in the past and they, for, they refuse to move forward. Someone once said Christians are, are really, they're, they're crucified between two thieves. Between the, the thief of the regrets of yesterday and the thief of the fears of tomorrow. How many of you just be real honest with me? There's some regrets you have from yesterday in your life. My hands are up too and I've done some things. So how many would also be honest? Sometimes you, you get a little fearful about what's coming in the future and in tomorrow. Can I tell you, listen, today I want to give you some encouragement. It's time to forget the past and it's time to move forward. David Livingston said this, I'll go anywhere as long as it's forward. That's the attitude we have. That's the attitude God wants us to have, and that's the attitude Paul had as he writes under the inspiration of God here in Philippians chapter number 3. This morning, let's read it for just a moment. We'll pick up in verse number 12. Uh, Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 12. Very familiar couple of verses, but the Bible says this. He, Paul writing here, and by the way, from a prison cell to the church at Philippi, he says this. He says, not as though I had already attained That's if you like to write in your Bible, circle attained. That's a good word to circle. Either that we're already perfect. That's another good word. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which I am also apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. Another great word to circle. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, for the next little bit, would you help us? Lord, just with some real simple, applicable truths, Lord, to help us, we as creatures who are so guilty of living in the past, Lord, help us to put the past where it belongs behind us and to move forward for the glory of God. Help us to see that in this text, we pray, and get some truths to apply to our lives. May we be changed as a result of being under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. And Lord, if there is one here, Lord, who's never truly repented and trusted in the Lord Jesus, may today be their day of salvation. Bless now the teaching and preaching of your Word, we pray. May Christ be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. As we're reading in verse 12, we first see this word attained. He says, not as though I've already attained. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. And and then look what he says in verse 13. He says, brethren, I count myself to have apprehended. It's interesting if you do a word study on the word attained and the word apprehended, here's what you're going to find. They actually come from the exact same word. And here's what they mean. It It really means this, to have made it. To to have seized it, to actively have taken hold of, and so here's what the apostle Paul is saying. He said, "Listen, I have not made it. I haven't seized everything that I should, should have seized. I haven't. I haven't arrived. Is maybe the best way to say it. You ever met somebody who thinks they've arrived? <laughs> they kind of they, they, they kind of annoy you, don't they?" They annoy me anyway. And and Paul, listen, the Apostle Paul says, I haven't made it. I haven't arrived yet. And Even though, think about this, if anybody could have said they had arrived, if anybody could have said they had attained, if anybody could have said they had apprehended, I think the Apostle Paul is one that could have said it. You think about how God used him. God used him as the human penman for over half of our New Testament. I don't know about you. I've, uh, God has not used me, inspired me to write anything in the Bible. Amen? But here Paul could have said, I attained, I apprehended and, even though he was at one time Saul of Tarsus he was a Pharisee among the Pharisees he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews the Bible says He Paul even said I spoke more tongues meaning I spoke more languages than any of you listen he could speak more languages than you and I I can't even handle English how about you but here he could he could speak all kinds of them and listen anybody could have said he had arrived it would have been Paul how about this how about on the road to Damascus when Saul of Tarsus met the Lord Jesus Christ and it became Paul the great apostle you want to know what happened he he saw the light. He saw the risen Savior. That's why he had the right to become an apostle on that road. A miraculous salvation, no doubt. Not the way he normally saves folks. I don't know about you. Jesus did not come in a light and shine down on me and I didn't get to see the risen Savior the day he saved me. You know what happened? I repented of my sins and put my trust in that Jesus who did die and who did rise again. That's what happened. I didn't see him though. I didn't see a light. Listen, I didn't have that experience, did you? Listen, if anybody could have said they arrived, are you with me now? It would, have been, well, it would have been the Apostle Paul. After all the churches he started, after all the souls he had won to the Lord Jesus, he says this, I have not attained. I have not apprehended. I haven't arrived. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. And then he goes on to look at verse 13 and say this, But this one thing I do, I haven't made it yet, but there's something i got to work on. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's using an analogy here, an analogy of, the, of a race back in those times and And uh, the goal, if you would, would be the finish line, if you would, of the racetrack. The prize would be the prize they would award to the winner of that one who was running the race. Spiritually, here's what he's talking about. The goal was to finish his life, to finish his course well. That was his goal. He said, I don't want to be one who trips halfway through the race for Christ. I want to finish well. The prize was the crown of righteousness that the Lord Jesus was going to give him. And, And he understood he had to run his race well to win that race and move forward. So let me ask you this Did he? How did Paul finish? I told you to hold your spot over in 2 Timothy. Flip over there real quick and we'll get on to the message here in just a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Paul's here writing to the Philippians. He says, listen, I want to finish well. uh, But in order to do it, there's a couple things I need to do. So how did, did he finish? Did he run his race well? Did he win the prize? Well, look what he says as he's about to have his head chopped off. Writing to his protege, Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, he said For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought the good fight. I've finished my course. He finished his race. He made it to the finish line, he's saying. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He's obtained the prize. Would you say he finished pretty well? How many would agree he finished pretty well? How many would you say, like, you would love to be able to say, when your time comes, and by the way, all our time's going to come, that's why you need to trust Christ today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Boast not thyself on tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may be, bring forth. Your life is like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. James said, "That's why you got to be saved today. You don't know when tomorrow is coming." But how many would you like, whenever that time comes, and you're you're on your deathbed, getting ready to go to glory? Somebody say, "Amen" on that. Getting ready to be graduates. What you're going to do? You, it, ain't, it ain't a sad time. You're getting ready to graduate. And how many they think when you're on that deathbed? I would like to be able to say, "Well, Paul said, I finished my race. I made it to." the finish line I kept the, I finished my course and I kept the faith and praise God there's a crown of righteousness, a prize waiting for me when I get to heaven how many would like to say that how could Paul say that in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 let me tell you how he said it because he put into practice what he's teaching us in Philippians chapter 3 he said there are some things in my past that I gotta let go There's some things I need to move forward for. Today, with God's help, that's what I want to preach on. How to move forward. How to move forward. How did Paul do it? Back to Philippians chapter 3 with me. First thing I want you to see is pretty simple stuff here. How are you going to move forward? How are you going to finish well? How are you going to finish your course and keep the faith? How, how are you going to get that crown of righteousness that He's promised us that love is appearing? How is that going to happen for you and me? How can we get to that same place where we say the same thing the Apostle Paul said? Number one, here's what you're going to do. You're going to have to forget the past. There's some things in your past you're going to have to forget and I'm going to have to forget. Look what he says in verse 13. He said, Brethren, I count my, not myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived, but this one thing I do, here it is, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Have you ever noticed sometimes that past creeps up? And A lot of people live like this. They live sitting in the past. They are sitting there. I mean, the, the times change, the calendar changes, the day changes, but they don't. They've always been in the same place, the same place. They can't get past the past. If you ever w- went and r- watched one of those, those people that run track, you know, run around the field, football field on that asphalt thing, I never ever figured out why anybody would want to do something like that. Somebody help me. Uh, the only time I'm going to run is when somebody's chasing me. Somebody, and he better be big too or I ain't running in. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'll tell you, they, they would run around. You know, you couldn't make it around the track to the finish line if you didn't get off your butt and get moving forward, right? If you sat in the same place, you guess what's going to happen? When the race is over, you're still going to be sitting in the same place. There's some times we got to forget about the past so we can move forward. When I raced for years, uh, uh, I never won a single race on the dirt track. I I didn't run. Y'all don't get that messed up. I was in a car with an engine. Somebody say amen. But you know what? If I'd stayed in the pits, I'd never won a race. If, I, if I'd never got going forward, I'd never won a thing. If I'd never pushed the gas pedal down and, and said, forget that brake. I'm using their rear bumper to brake. Amen. I'd never won a race. You'd never gone forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I would have never won a race if I didn't finish either. My dad used to tell me, and he'd get frustrated with me at times. He, he, he always wanted me to be more aggressive than I was. I was already one to spin out my grandmother to win a race, but I, mean, I don't know how he wanted me to be much more aggressive. But he wanted me more, more aggressive than even I was. And, and he used to say, hey, you bring me back the trophy or the steering wheel. But you know what I noticed, learned real quick in racing was simply this. Hey, Sam and Shirley, good to see y'all. Amen. Didn't get to shake your hand. Good to see y'all. Amen. Sorry, that was just a commercial. Amen. You know what I learned? Here's what I learned. You couldn't win it if you didn't finish it. You can't finish unless you move forward and you complete the course he's got. And to finish, you had to move forward. You couldn't sit in one place. But that's not just true about racing. Listen to me. That is true in life. That's true in your life. That's true in my life. That's true in every area of life. If you're going to get beyond where you've been, can I just tell you, you got to get up and go forward. you got to move forward. Paul said this, listen, in order to move forward, we got to forget the past. He said forgetting those things are what you're behind. What, so what's some things we need to forget from behind? Let me give you just a couple thoughts real quick. Number one, we need to forget some past guilt. Need to forget some past guilt. Some of us are carrying around so much guilt, I'm telling you what, uh, that, 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 that we could never enjoy the joy of today because of the guilt of yesterday. Paul didn't uh, waste his future by focusing on the guilt of his past. Think about this. This is the same Paul as Saul of Tarsus when he used to persecute Christians. This is the same Paul that was uh, as Saul of Tarsus persecuted the church. Uh, This is the same Paul. Listen, he could have lived his life in guilt over all the things he had done in the past. Hey, he had killed Christians. I ain't killed any Christians, have you? I've done some pretty rotten stuff. How about you? But I've never killed anybody, especially a Christian. But Paul had. He could have lived in the past and been nothing for the glory of God moving forward. But you know what he said? i got to forget the past. i got to forget some of that guilt. Some of those things I've done in the past in order for God to use me in the future. Can I tell you, some of you in this room have done some things in the past, in the past that you're not proud of. Some of you have done some things that are just flat wrong. Can I get an amen? I have. Have you? But you're carrying them around. You're letting them beat you up and determine today. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? The Word of God tells us we need to forget those things which are behind. Listen, you can't confront the future living in the past. You need to put your past behind you. By the way, that's where God's put it. If you've been saved by the grace of God, do you know where your past is? It is under the blood. Somebody say amen on that. Hey, you remember over in Hebrews 11, you don't need to flip there, but most of you, if, you, if you've studied your Bible at all, you, you know Hebrews 11. We call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They list all these faithful f- names of all these people who have done some amazing things, and people list it there. But did you know everybody listed there did some things wrong? By the way, they did some pretty major things wrong. You know about Adam? He desecrated the image of God in which he was created. Think about Moses. He, he, he was distraught and angry over, over the sins of the nation. Abraham he deceived. He is a deceived king. He had, he he went and he had, he lied about his wife being a sister. Noah got drunk. Jacob deceived his father. Rahab, uh, uh, listen, she she was degraded. She was she was at one time a whore. Even uh, you say you can't say that. What's well, what she was? Peter denied the Lord. How about that? Thomas doubted God's word. John Mark deserted uh, on a missionary journey. Paul was right there, the Saul of Tarsus was right there at the death of Stephen, holding coats while it happened, the Bible says. and David, was he was defiled with adultery and murder. But yet, you want to know something? Every single one of those names are listed in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Hall of Fame of Faith. And you know what else it says in Hebrews chapter 11? Not one doggone thing about the things they did wrong. You won't know why? Because they'd gotten right. <laughs> they'd gotten right in the Lord, with the Lord. They had put the past behind them and so had God. Can I tell you, God never consults your past to determine your future. That's worth writing down. Amen. Even if I did say <laughs> Isaiah 43, verse 18, the Bible says this, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will make a new thing, and it shall spring forth. I will make a new way even in the wilderness and the rivers of water. There's some past guilt we need to get. We just need to leave where it's supposed to be in the past. Am I, am I talking to anybody this morning? Anybody got some guilt like that? Because here's the deal. Guilt, no matter what the world tells you, guilt is not a psychological problem. you got to write that down. By the way, guilt is also not an emotional problem. For a child of God, guilt is a spiritual problem. How do we deal with guilt? How do we deal with things we've done wrong in the past? How do we deal with sin? Well, let me tell you how the world tries to deal with it. They try to rationalize sin, right? Dr. Fields said this, anytime two consenting adults agree to something, it's okay. Can I tell you, if God's Word says it's not okay, it's not okay. Somebody say amen hey they try to rationalize sins and then we got a society they trying to redefine sin and don't get me going there but, but listen sin is anything that offends God and, and now, now we're trying to redefine it and so forth we're trying to legalize it too uh, same sex marriage and all this stuff and so forth God made two sexes he made male and female amen and by the way science even proves that it's just so ridiculous And how about abortion we're trying to legalize that killing innocent killing of babies you say I don't agree with that preacher well I do amen And I'm going to preach it, amen. Uh, God is the, God's the one who ordained life, God's the one who takes life. That's not our job whatsoever. What about the woman's right? What about the baby's right? Somebody say. We're trying to legalize it. We're trying to rationalize it, redefine it. Trying to cover it many times, aren't we? Isn't that what what David did with Bathsheba? He, He covered it up with a lie, right? How about Achan? With his sin, he tried to cover the with a blanket or whatever in the world. He sat over top. Listen, we've become experts at it. Can I remind you this? Be sure your sins will find you out, the Word of God says. The answer to dealing with the guilt of sin, listen to me. This is the helpful part. I want you to get this. It's not rationalizing it. It's not redefining it. It's not legalizing it. It's not trying to cover it. Here's the answer. Confess it. Sorry about that. Confess it. You say, what does confess mean? Can I tell you what it means? It means literally agree with God. Say the same thing God said about your sin. Here's what confession is. It's not just admit I did it. That's where a lot of people go wrong. Confession is this. Stand up for a minute, brother Ethan, if you don't mind. You can be, be my guinea pig today. All right, you'd be right here. Ethan's a lawyer. He's already a handsome man. Now he's rich. Somebody say, hey, y'all, yeah, now you really want to marry him, right? <laughs> Ethan's a lawyer, and I'm on trial. And he's he's saying all this stuff about me, and guess what? Every one of them is true. But I'm trying to get off the hook because I want to cover it, Right? I want to rationalize. I like the way I live. Who are you to bring off? But he's he's making an abundant clear case that I am against, listen, what I did was against the law, against the rules, and and he's winning the trial. Here's what confession is. is. It isn't me just saying, yeah, I did it, but. Right? Here's what confession is. Confession is me getting up in the courtroom of God, walking over here to the prosecuting attorney side, and saying, you're right. That guy over there did all those things. You're right. He is guilty as all good. It is literally taking God's side against yourself. I agree with you, God. That's who I am. And I'm ready to acknowledge that. And guess what the promise is? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that a wonderful promise? I can be cleaned that quick. It isn't just saying I did it, yeah. But, you know, that's what we usually do. It's saying, you're doggone right. I agree 100% with you. That's confession. And That's how quick we can get clean. By the way, it's how quick you can get rid of your guilt that you're carrying from the past. a so God, you are right. That was wrong what I did. I agree with you. I take your side against me. Thank you for the promise, because I just did that, that you'd forgive me and cleanse me from my knowledge and then leave it where it belongs in the past thank you sir you know what else God did with those sins of the past can I tell you what he did those things we're living in such guilt over and so forth Say what else he did the Bible says he cast them as far as the east is from the west that's a long way friends <laughs> you know if you start going east I've said this a million times if you start going east guess what you'll never quit going east now, if he would have said north and south, guess what? I would have eventually went north and found the North Pole. The next step, I would have been heading what direction? He didn't cast them as far as the north is from the south because there had been an end to that. He cast them as far as the east is from the west. No end. You can't get it. You know what else he said? He said, I cast them as deep as the depths of the ocean. He washed us from our sin in His blood, Revelation five. He cast them in the, the depths of the sea. And, and like one preacher said, and I like it, he said, and he put up a no fishing sign. Amen. Here's what Paul's trying to tell us. He said, there are some things in our past, listen, that we're living in the guilt over every single day, and we just need to confess those things. We just need to leave them in the past where they belong so we can move forward for the glory of God. That's what he's trying to tell us. My Bible says, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That means you're not condemned by what you've done in the past. Listen, if it's under the blood, leave it under the blood. If he's cast as deep as the depths of the sea, leave it down there, quit fishing for it. If it's as far as the east is from the west, then you go north or south. Somebody say amen. You ought to go south, by the way. We'll leave that there. Just kidding. There's some things we need to forget from the past. Are you there's a principle? I'll never make the message. I'm just abliving now. Are you there's a principle? Can I tell you? This is one of the most powerful principles you get hold of this. How to get guilt, remove guilt. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? for getting past guilt. He said, picture it like this. Picture guilt as a, as a scale. On one side is all the guilt of all the wrongs we've done. Anybody got some of those weighing you down? Here's the problem. On the other side, here's how we try to balance our life back out too often. Over here is blame. In order to feel better, to try to remove guilt, what we do is we add blame. Ah, oh, I feel better. Well, it's not my fault. It's mom's fault. It's dad's fault. It's my, my boss's fault. It's the school's fault. It's whoever's fault. Whatever you want to blame it on. Oh, boy, if I blame enough, I start to feel more balanced. I don't feel so weighted with guilt because i got a lot of blame on here. Guess what? Did the guilt change? Still there, isn't it? Here's how you, here's how you get rid of guilt. You confess, that's the Bible way. You remove the blame, and then God takes care and removes the guilt. Isn't that wonderful? And you can be balanced and no more guilt. By the way, and no more blame. Y'all know people who live there that blame everything under the sun, under everybody. You know, you know why they're doing that? Because they're all guilty about something. That's what they are. Can I tell you? Confess it. By Paul says, listen, we got to forget forgetting this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. There's some past guilt we need to forget. There's some past guilt some of you right now need to forgive yourself for, confess it to God, get it clean, and so you can go forward. But it's not only past guilt, we also got to forget past grief. Past grief. Every one of us in this room been hurt before. Huh. Every single one of us. Every one of us have grief in our lives. Sometimes life just doesn't seem fair, does it? Someone once said this, fear has to do with our future. Depression has to do with our past. People are afraid of what might happen. People are depressed because of what happens. You know when people get down, when they get loaded up with grief, normally it's because they've lost something, right? Listen, depression and grief, it, it comes from really losing something. Maybe it's lost resources. It's always losing something. Lost reputation sometimes. Sometimes unfortunately it's lost relationships. And, and uh, there he is, it's okay to mourn. And we should have a time of mourning. Jesus even wept at the tomb of Nazareth, right? But there's some people that I'm telling you they're so loaded down with grief that they can't move forward. There's some past grief we need to forget. You know when Moses died, they they had a day of like 30 days of mourning. And you want to know what they did on day 31? They got up. And he went forward. There's a place for mourning in our lives, but I'm telling you what, there's a time that comes when we got to move on. Anybody understand what I'm saying? You can't just sit there forever, or you never do anything for the glory of God. You can't go through the rest of your life grieving over things of the past. So how do we how do we move on once we've been run over? Well, here's the way we got to do it. We got to live with as much excitement about the future as we had on those things we're reverencing from the past. Hey, today's a new day. Somebody say Amen. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be another one. And the Lord tarries, listen, the next day will be another one. Listen, start living in today and quit quit grieving so much of the past. It's robbing you of the joy of the now. Y'all know anybody like that? Don't let past griefs and past guilt rob you of the joy of today. The fruit of the Spirit is not grief and guilt. The fruit of the the Spirit is joy and love and peace. Quit walking in the past. Start walking in the Spirit. And I promise you yet you'll move forward for the glory of God. What else do we need to do? Here's what we need to do. We need to start controlling our minds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I won't have you flip there for the sake of time, but it says this, casting down imaginations. You know what imagination is? That means calculated thoughts. That's thoughts you meant to think on purpose. That's thoughts you allow to hang out and linger and, and you just meditate on and, and rehash in your head. Can I get a witness? He said, cast that junk down. You can't go forward when you're living with all that in your mind. He said, take control of it. He said, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bring it into captivity, every thought into the obedience of Christ, the Word of God says. Cast down, actively expel it out of your mind. Listen, you don't have to walk down those hurtful highways in memory lane. You can control what you think. All of us got them. All of us have times of guilt from the past and grief from the past, but listen, when you allow that to control your today, you'll never enjoy the glory of God. Take every thought into captivity. My Bible says that for the God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. Uh, and of love and a sound mind. Cast down his imagination. Hey, First Peter 5, 7 still says, hey, where do we cast them? Here's what he said, cast all your cares upon me, for he careth for you. you know, Curtis Hudson said this, and I love this quote, he said, he said, every evening I try to turn all my worries, all my grief over to God. After all, he's the one that's going to be up all night. Amen. Then I go to sleep. I read about three men that abducted a woman in a parking lot in Florida. Her three children watched they threw her in the van, drove away. I won't go into great detail what all happened to her, but just put it this way. They inflicted every type of cruelty and perversion you can imagine on this woman. They burnt her face. They, they took a knife. They flayed her face. They, they, they left her laying on the ground to die. The only reason she's alive today is that night happened to be a cold night. And because it was so cold, her blood clotted, and otherwise she would have bled to death. She crawled literally two miles on the highway, so mutilated that they couldn't tell whether she was even a man or a woman when they found her. Authorities ended up catching those three men. and They got sentenced to life imprisonment. But after the trial, the reporters asked this lady, this true story, if she would ever be able to forgive them. Here's what she said. She said, I'm a Christian. My faith commands me to forgive them. Now, here's what I want you to get. What a great truth. She said, they took one day of my life. Can you imagine going through what she's gone through? They took one day of my life, but I'm not giving them another. Amen. Can I tell you? Some of us have been given past guilt and past grief every day of our lives. Hey, it's already taken one. Let it have that one. Don't let it have another. Paul's telling us, listen. The only way we can move forward is there's some things in the past we need to forget. There, listen, we need to forget some past guilt. We need to forget some past grief. And that leads me to this, so how do we do it? Well, Number one, don't linger in the past, amen? Don't linger in the past. One professor was sitting by a lady at a party trying to think of a, a some way to strike up a conversation. And, and he asked the lady, he said, are you interested in history? She said, no, I think it's best to let bygones be bygones, amen? If it's over, it's over. If it's dead, bury it. Can I tell you, if it's over, leave it. Don't reminisce too much in the past. Can I tell you this? Don't also live in the past. Some of us got a got a tendency to always just live in the past. Uh, today isn't like yesterday. It isn't the good old days. I remember the good old days. Hey, the, thank God for the good old days and you can remember that. But can I tell you, today is a new day. And today's the day the Lord has given us. So we're supposed to rejoice and be glad in it. Doesn't it say that somewhere? I'm not just making that up, Emma. That's in the Bible, isn't it? Guess what? If I'm living over there, I'll never rejoice and be glad in what I got today. Don't live there. <laughs> you can't retrieve water once it goes under the bridge. Amen. So don't waste your mental energies going back to yesterday. Don't long for the past too much either. Huh. We sing in the sweet by and by, but unfortunately we got to learn to live in the nasty now and now, don't we? Live in the present. We got, but here's one of the things we need to do. We don't linger in the past. We don't live in the past. We don't long in the past. But we should learn from the past. Do you all agree with me on that? Should learn from it. Huh. They don't learn from the past, someone said, are doomed to repeat it. Too often, truth is, the only thing we learn from history is the fact that we don't learn from history, somebody said. Huh. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is learning from the mistake of others. Experience is learning from our own mistakes. The Bible says with all our getting, let's get some wisdom. Guess what? I don't even have to make the mistake to learn from it. Did y'all know that? That's applying some wisdom. Most of the time it isn't either. Because we'll never go forward. If you're going to move forward for God, here's what he says. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I've got to forget some past. There's some past guilt. It's under the blood. It needs to stay right under the blood. There's some past grief that needs to stay right where it is. Quit living in the past, longing for the past. Learn from it, and let's leave it. And then, lastly, this. Then you've got to leave the past, amen? Leave it where it was. You'll never leave where you are until you decide where you would rather be. I want you got to you gotta write that one down. That was better than I thought it was when I wrote it down. <laughs> you will never leave where you are until you decide where you'd rather be. How many of you believe in goal setting and having, having objectives to accomplish in your life? Uh, one person does. Stephen does. Amen. No, I guess nobody else. But. <laughs> you never will get where you desire to be until you make that more desirable than where you've been. Is what it's saying here. You'll never leave where you are until you decide where you'd rather be. And deciding where you'd rather be will help you start to focus on the future. You can't do anything about what's behind you. Did y'all ever notice that? All the mistakes I've made. There's there's I mean, other than apologize for somebody and get clean with God, there's not a thing in the world I can do about them. I can't make people love me again, right? Mm-hmm. Most people I can't even make like me again. Somebody say amen on But you know what I can do? I can leave it under the blood. And I can say God chose to remember it no more. Therefore, I'm going to forget those things which are behind. But then he goes on and says this, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul says, I, I don't have to worry with all the things I've done in the past, and I tell you, neither do you. In fact, let me just encourage you this. The next time, you said, Satan likes to throw that in my face and bring that up, and, and so forth, the next time he, 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 he brings up your past, as the old preacher said one time years ago, won't you remind him of his future? Somebody say amen. You can't go forward till you forget the past, but you're never gonna go forward till you have a destination of where you're trying to go, until you make going forward more, uh, more exciting than living in the past. And thank God we got a destination, Amen. Thank God we got something to look forward to moving forward to. Thank God we got a God in heaven that made it all possible for us to move forward. Thank God for all that. I had one other point I wanted somewhere. I'm all out of order. I'd be all right, Amen. He says this, reaching forth. It literally means he's stretching forth. It's he's straining. Is the idea? I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. Press, continuous efforts. What that word means? Mark. That's where we get our. it's where we get our English word scope from. It's from that word. How many of you ever look through a scope? You look through that scope and you put those crosshairs. By the way, somebody say amen on Second Amendment gun rights. Amen. And uh, uh, you put that scope and you put those crosshairs right on the target. That's the mark. What's your, here's the problem with most people. You get no mark you're looking at. That's why you can't press forward. What's your mark? What's your scope on? If you're looking behind you, you're not looking through the scope, are you? If I'm living back here, I have no target, I have no mark that I'm striving for. Paul said, I've got to forget those things which are behind, and I've got to press forward towards the mark of the high calling God. I got a prize, I got a mark, I got something I got my scope on. I got a goal in view that I'm focused on, that I'm moving forward for. And by the way, if you're focused on the future, you can't focus on the past. I know we talk about, boy, I'm a multitasker, I'm a multitasker. Nobody truly multitasks. Every second, we're doing one thing and one thing only. Our brain doesn't work like that. You say, well, this second I I'm doing this, then that second I'm doing that. Well, that's not multitasking. For that second, you were single-tasking. Now this second, you're single-tasking. That's why we don't do anything good when we multitask. Somebody say amen. That's why you try to do three things at once, guess what? You blow all three. <laughs> When you focus on one at a time, guess what? They I, I usually do pretty good on that. You can only focus that scope on one target at a time. You can only have one mark, is what Paul's saying. We can only fully focus on one. And if we're focused on the future, we won't be focused on the past. You see how they play together? Remember the, the ten spies? And the, we won't flip there. I was going to flip there, but for the sake of time. You remember the spies that went out and spied the land? They came back and they gave the report. Oh. We're just like little grasshoppers compared to those mighty folks in the promised land, even though God had promised them the land. What were they doing? Looking back. Looking back. Fearful. But there were two. Y'all remember them? Caleb and Joshua. Did I get that right? You know what they did? That's our land. That's my mark. God promised us that promised land. We're moving forward. We can take them. That's our place. So you can live in fear and regret and guilt and grief from the pastor. You can say, nope, I'm going forward to what God promised me. Which is a future full of joy and peace and long-suffering and the glory of heaven. I'll give you one more truth and we'll close. Here's the truth I want you to get. Some of you are going to struggle with this, but I'll say it slow. The environment, your setting and your mindsets maybe a better way to say this, but your environment, when you're living in the past and you're full of grief and guilt and all these things that, that you, just, you just sit in and live in on a daily basis and it whoops you, here's what I want you to say, and you, you may not agree with this, but I'm going to tell you it's very scriptural. It exists only because of one reason, your permission. Your environment exists because of your permission. If you didn't give it the right, if I learned to cast down those imaginations and take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, if I learn to think on things which are good and pure and lovely and just as Philippians 4, right? well, can I tell you, those things cannot come in because I'm thinking on these things and we can only think one thing at a time. The only time, reason they're there is because you let them be there. You said no, the devil keeps bringing them up. No, no, no. Oh, I just can't help it. Yeah, you can help it. You're choosing not to. You can help what you focus on. God wouldn't command us to do something we can't do. Uh, give me an amen there. And he said, forget those things which are behind and press forward. to the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus. Your environment exists only because of your permission. Stop looking back to where you've been. Start looking to where you're going. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. I'm glad. Sorry to go to racing, but it's all right. I just got to preach on what I know a little bit about. I want to tell you, I want a ton of races. I mean, I had a ton of races because people didn't understand this principle. Back when we raced, we still had mirrors. And I had some that loved the mirror drive. Y'all know what that is? That means I'm going to watch you, and wherever you go, I'm going. I'm going to block you. All right. So here's what I love to do I love to, because they would look in their mirror looking in the past. I love to come off the corner. Instead, normally you swing all the way to the fence. I'd come off the corner, and sometimes I'd have to go to the fence, but I'd jerk right back down, and they couldn't see me in their mirror anymore. And you know what they fought? Nine out of ten times they thought I was beside them. Subconsciously, guess what they did in the next corner? Even when they tried to cut, they allowed a little room. Or they cut down too hard, which made them slip up. I wasn't beside them. I was behind them. I wasn't anywhere nowhere near beside them. But you know what? I passed them and won the race because they kept looking backwards. I couldn't tell you how many people. One guy finally got smart to it. <laughs> He said it took me twenty, it took or 10 years of racing to figure out you're not beside us when you do that. Because all of a sudden you come off the corner, boom, there you're there, and then boom, they see you whip down, you got to run, they think. Here you come, he's he coming up beside me, and even if they're one of them that says, no, you ain't getting by me, and they turn down, in the corner, guess what they do? They turn down, hit the mud, slide up the track, and I went on by. All because they were looking backwards. You won't finish the race looking in the rearview mirror. you got to go forward. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. I press forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Best way to move forward from a negative experience is simply to do this. Create a brand new positive one. Amen. Start moving forward. Stop dwelling what has happened. Start dreaming about what can happen. Quit talking about failure. Start talking about your future. If we're ever going to get past accomplishing anything for God, here's what we've got to do. We've got to get past the past. We've got to press on in the present. And we've got to move and reach forward to the future. That's exactly what Paul's telling us. Father, we certainly thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that there's a past, Lord, that if we've been forgiven and saved by the grace of God, Lord, if we've confessed that and gotten clean with you, Lord, that is exactly what that word says. It's the past. Lord, too many Christians today are so guilty. I guess they were in Paul's day too because he wrote this under your inspiration. Lord, of living there, allowing past guilt to just absolutely control their lives. Allowing past griefs to absolutely control their lives. So much so that their future might as well not even exist today's joy that you have for us may as well not even exist. And Lord, we need to take the admonition given to us from the word of God seriously today. For us as Christians that have been forgiven, Lord, you tell us there's one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind reaching forth unto those things which are before I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. Lord help us leave the past where it belongs. And to move forward for the glory of God. Have your will and way in this invitation I pray in Jesus name. Amen. If you'd stand. with Eyes closed. Heads bowed all over the room. Many hands have already been up this morning. But let me ask you this. How many of you would just be honest and just say there's some there's some past guilt that preacher, I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little embarrassed by it, but I, I just want to get honest. I just want to agree with God. There's past guilt I'm I'm carrying around. I'm carrying it everywhere I go. Many many hands. And I see clearly from the Word of God that He doesn't want me to carry that. That He's promised to cleanse me, to forgive me, to cast it as far as the the depths of the sea, as far as the east is from the west, and God did not design me to carry that and live in the past. How about some past griefs? Anybody still got some past griefs tearing you up? Cerebral hands. Listen, we're not minimizing the guilt of the grief. I'm just telling you, you don't have to live there. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven who says, not only can you move forward, but commands you to move forward. He's got a race or else for your life still, or else you wouldn't be breathing and you wouldn't be here today. He's still got a purpose, a mark for you to strive towards, and you're never going to do that for the glory of God while you're living in the past. This altar's going to be open. Miss Joanne's going to play softly. Can I, can I invite you, dear Christians? If that was you, why don't you come do some business with God at this altar? Say, God, with your help, I'm going to leave the past where the past is. I'm going to quit rehashing it and living there. Some of this grief I'm carrying around, Lord, you didn't design me for that. You told me to cast my cares upon you for you cared for me, Lord. You told me your burden is light just to give you this. Why don't you come do some business? With don't miss the mark. Don't miss the prize of the high column. Don't miss how Paul was able to get to the place where he said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth was laid up for me the crown of righteousness. How, how did he get there? By forgetting past grief. By forgetting past guilt. And by reaching forward and pressing towards the mark. Don't let your past ruin your future. Let's learn to move forward. Okay? While these are praying, let me ask you this question. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. And you're weighed down You know the life you're living right now is wrong. You know the things you think and say and do don't please God. And maybe you're living with a a world of guilt. And by the way, you should be if you haven't ever given them to Jesus. Can I tell you, he can remove every piece of that right now. He could save you. He could give you the promise of eternal life. He could take those sins and, and, as we've already said, wash them clean with his blood that preacher, I would sure be great. How's that happen? Well, The Bible makes abundantly clear that that if thou, that's you, shall confess, we talked about that word, agree with God, take God's side against yourself. If I agree with God, if I say the same thing God says, if I confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, that's the gospel message, he died for you, he was buried, he rose again. The Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. Have you ever had a time, a place, a moment in time where you called upon the Lord and said, Be merciful on me, Lord, a sinner. When you prayed and you confessed with your mouth, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. and I believe you were buried and I believe you rose again from the dead. And you turn and you put your full weight and trust in the fact that he did that. For you. If you haven't, why don't you call upon his name right now? I just wonder, no one's looking. Eyes are bowed, heads are, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one's looking. It's just just me and God. Just wonder if somebody be honest. Preacher, I'm not sure. I got some guilt in my life. I'm not sure I've ever really been forgiven, but today I want I want the Lord to save me, forgive me for that past sin. Anybody like that, hold your hand up. Would you pray for me, preacher? Or would you pray for me? That's me today. I want to ensure anybody like that in the room. Thank God whether it's here in a church, beside a race car at Eastside Speedway, or it's my mentor pastor at the Walmart at parking lot, parking lot at Walmart. When you call upon his name in faith, he'll save you. But you're not promised tomorrow, so get it settled if that's you. Thank God for a God that wipes our past.